This episode is sponsored by Auxilio Partners. Our calling is freeing you to pursue your call to plant. Find out how at auxilio.partners slash five points. Welcome to the Five Points Church Planting Podcast. So thankful that you take the time to listen. Thank you for telling others about this work. We really appreciate it. This is a very timely episode for me. Uh, my daughter came in last night and told me that she, as a new driver, got her first speeding ticket. And this came on the heels of my son pitching a fit over his Xbox glitching, and it felt like things were out of control in my home and that I was not a good parent. Why is my daughter speeding? Why is my daughter, why is my son losing it over a video game? What am I doing? What do I do? Where do I turn? And lo and behold, our guest today is a good friend of mine who is a parenting expert, um, and he's he's laughing and shaking his head over Zoom, as, even as I say this, uh, but he has just published a book on parenting. James Dixon, church planner, now on staff and at Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis. This new work is titled A Thousand Little Moments, Graced, Shaped, parenting. A good word for me, something after last night that I need to hear because as a church planter, as a pastor, as a father, as a sinner, I often wonder, do I know what I'm doing and am I doing it well? And I know James well enough to know that this book is gospel-centered. I read it over the last two days because I wanted to write a review for Google and I found it unbelievably helpful. And it is not, and he will tell you this, a how-to book. It is seeing parenting through the eyes of Jesus. That's, that's my very short definition. And it was good for me. And so maybe I can straighten my 12-year-old and 16-year-old out in the next few days because um, we're not winning uh, right now. I'm just kidding. They're they're absolutely wonderful. But before we jump into the book and why this book was written, why James felt like this was needed, and I think it is, I want to get into the fact that James is a pastor and he's a church planter. And parenting as a church planter is something that often comes up as a topic, and I think it needs to be addressed. And so before we do that, James, tell us a little bit First of all, welcome, and then tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your call to ministry, and then about church planning. Well, first of all, hello, Hunter. Yes. Um, I know that was a I know that was a long intro. I apologize. That was a great intro. Uh, and no, we're not going to fix your kids. You're already doing a great job with them. But <laughs> I, you know, I was I was trying to think about the, my relationship with you and thinking about how I would define it and. Uh, I don't know if it's like second cousin once removed or <laughs> if it's great uncle. Uh, 
because you were uh, slightly ahead of Murray Lee and Cahaba Park when you were planting Madison Heights. And mm-hmm. so you guys were talking and he was picking your brain. And then I came and planted out of Cahaba Park and was doing all that with Murray. And so there is some sort of family tree here. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's, um, that's right. But we've become friends and I've, I'm thankful for it. So yeah, it's good to be yeah. here. So yeah, I, I, uh, I grew up in Dalton, Georgia, in a Methodist church. And, you know, I, I count that a, a great blessing. I fortunately, in the providence of God, never doubted um, Jesus. Now, in that uh, church background and maybe largely just because my heart wasn't ready. I, I wasn't connecting um, my sin or really even the reality of me being a sinner to the cross. And so I, I, I grew up in this, in this church where there was a big emphasis on faith. Uh, I, I centered much of my faith on John three sixteen, 16 uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Um, so that, Whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. I didn't want to go to hell. I believed in Jesus. Bam. I, I, I thought this is, we're, we're good. Um, and so with that, my, my, the, the focus of my Christian experience was being a good kid. Um, mm-hmm. So that uh, that's how it went. And, I, you know, I, fortunately, I don't have to pass some test on what was the date of my conversion. It may have been age eight. It may have been age 25. But looking back on just the the, the path of my life, I, I tend to think it was at age 25. Um, I heard the gospel through a Campus Crusade director while I was at Auburn, and um, so they they do preach the gospel at Auburn. As, as an Alabama fan, I have to ask. They, they do. Most of the kids come in totally fine, you know, uh-huh, right? Yeah. like me who needed to hear it. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and so I heard it, but you know, that, that whole repentance piece didn't really sink in. Cause as I said, I wasn't connecting my sin to the cross. Um, and then, and, but I kept being a good guy as I, def- as according to my definition of that. And, and in, uh, in year one of marriage, my wife sort of challenged me saying I wasn't being a spiritual leader that she needed. And that that caused me to confront the reality that I was, in fact, a sinner and to yeah. confess that sin to her. What I didn't realize at the time was I was also confessing it to the Lord. I didn't, you know, I didn't pray a sinner's prayer at the time, but just sure. simply verbalized sin. And mm-hmm. the Lord just mm-hmm. started changing my heart and changing our marriage, um, changing my love for the word, for church, for prayer. And that started a that started a long um, winding road um, that, that led to this. Yeah. So <clears throat> I know I know you well enough to know that you have a business background and mm-hmm. you were called from that to the ministry and also to church planning. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about that as well? Sure. I, I um, in that first year of marriage, 
Anna and I were in Atlanta. I was um, first year MBA student at Emory University, and um, and and the Lord in in that setting really just gave us a sweet group of believers to uh, to walk uh, with, and and that was just a gift of His pursuit. And I worked out of um, of Emory and corporate investment banking and the Lord and his uh, kind providence called me to work for a guy named Rod Miles. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So there's the family tree overlapping once again, yep. because Rod and I went to seminary together and yeah, and he's a church planner in California. Rod was uh, a high flying executive and he was my boss and he was discipling me when I didn't even know what that word meant. Mm-hmm. And he left at the height of his career and went to seminary and, and then planted Grace Marin. Um, yeah. And uh, and then in time, we moved up to North Carolina. I went into business with Anna's father in a home building land development business. Um, but, but again, the Lord brought uh, a man to disciple me and walk through scripture with me. And I was sensing... Uh, a call to ministry, though, quite frankly, I liked the idea of doing ministry as a hobby and not being financially dependent. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I preferred the independence route. Um, but in the fullness of time in 2008, the Lord said, I'm calling you to ministry and you can't do that unless you're dependent upon me. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's a good word. we shut that business down in 08 and I started Seminary RTS Charlotte. Gotcha. And so what came after seminary? Yeah. So, well, while I was in seminary, uh, I probably share with uh, a lot of your listeners, I got to know a guy named Jim Hatch and sure. Yeah. Jim Hatch would come and take me to breakfast a few times a year. And he was talking to me about this ministry of church planting and it just resonated with my heart. There was an entrepreneurial evangelistic ministry, uh, of the church. And, and so that was, um, the Lord pricked my heart for church planting, and we, um, my wife and I, started exploring that and where would that take us. But I had grown up in cultural Christian South in church, not knowing the gospel, and it was just the language I understood, I guess. Sure. And so it, the Lord placed in our heart to to go back to that sort of context and i got to know um murray lee and got connected to the alabama church planting network and uh and the winding path took us to trustful alabama and suburb of birmingham for our listeners yep yep northeast birmingham um and we planted christchurch pca right out out of seminary yep and so now you are moving on to a new role tell us a little bit about that, and I'm going to circle back around to the church plan. Sure. In in January uh, 2024, um, Anna and I will be moving to St. Louis. I'll be taking the role of vice president of advancement at Covenant Seminary. I've gotten to to know and and love Dr. Tom Gibbs um, through my time working on a leadership D men there at Covenant yeah. and. Mm-hmm. He talked to me about this role um, late spring, early summer, and we just began to 
pray through that and saw in it uh, the fulfillment of a of a long term passion of mine to to really pour into the next generation of of pastors to uh, in some shape form or fashion be used by the Lord to raise up the next generation of pastors. Um, I thought that might take on certain forms. I didn't see it in this form, but the more we explored it, the more I saw it as just the natural next step, given business background, my family business background, my pastoral ministry, my heart for um, the next generation, and 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 really just the way the Lord was knitting my heart together with, with uh, Dr. Gibbs. I, mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate his vision um, for, uh, the future of covenant seminary and, um, and I'm thrilled to, to work for and with him and pursue that vision. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. It, as you leave, as you exit and you look back on your time planting Christ from 30,000 feet, if you will, what would you say what are your big takeaways that you would tell our audience to potential church planners, to guys who are just now starting out or who are in the thick of it, um, people who are part of a core group? What what would be your words? Your words. I don't know if it's advice. I don't know if it's caution. I don't know if it's encouragement. But what would your words be to to them? I, a, couple, a couple of thoughts come to mind, Hunter. First is is enjoy. Uh, the journey is hard. You take a lot of lumps along the way, but as best you can, enjoy it and love the people the Lord's called you to, uh, to minister to. And um, and I, I'll just be honest with you, I had to learn that mm-hmm. <laughs> along mm-hmm. the way. Um, but it is sweet now that, um, you know, we, I was talking to, we were talking, we've had a lot of conversations with our family and with our, with our kids and, We'll get into that more in a little bit. But my my daughter made a profound statement. She said, you know, it would be sad if it weren't sad. Right. Uh, and and it is sad because we have loved these people and they've loved us. And yeah. Um, and so I, I would say number one, it's hard, but enjoy it. Uh sure. as best you can. Um but but also I I have known for a long time there that in, in order for uh for christ church to grow beyond me there had to be a time when i had to leave mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the hard realities that we as church planters have is that for the health of this church that we give our lives over for we've eventually got to leave it yeah um, yeah no doubt. and there's yeah. a there's a lot of similarities between raising our kids to leave the home sure. uh, we're raising the church for us to leave it yeah. And a word and word of caution there, I would say, or maybe a footnote, is that the when you do that, the people that you leave often have a very difficult time seeing it from that perspective. But it is so true. Yeah. Um it, it's that realization of um this church now needs this church plant now needs someone other than me. It doesn't need to be dependent on my identity, my ethos, my you know, whatever. Um, but it's hard for them to see that, but it's wise on your part. Well, and, but, but making sure they understand that I've got confidence in Christ and confidence in what Christ is doing in them, that they're in good shape going forward. It's, I'm I'm seeing that as, is is really encouraging them. But, but I think one bit of 
maybe advice is knowing that uh, and 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 winding the clock back to the early days, it, you, we ought to be building up leaders. And I think probably in the early days, I missed that. I, I went into church planting. I told someone this uh, not long ago. Out of my business background, I think I wrong, wrongly thought that leadership would be one of my strengths. But the reality was in, in business and family business, uh, and, and this is one of many of my failures, I knew how to be boss. I didn't know how to be leader. And the two are different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've, I've had to grow in leadership, but a big part of leadership is, is equipping and raising up the next generation of leaders. Sure. And I would say that's got to be uh, one of your earliest priorities. Mm -hmm. Evangelism and equipping and raising up those leaders who are going to carry this church forward. Mm -hmm. So I can see it a lot I began to see it along the way, but right now as I'm leaving, I, that, that is coming into such clarity. Mm -hmm. So, James, the, the first church plant that I did, my children were, were not born, which is a little unusual, I think, in the landscaping mm -hmm. of church plant or church planting. My wife, it was just my wife and I. And it, it seems like in our denomination, everybody has lots of kids. <laughs> um, and, uh, so when we left our first church plant, they were in the um, first grade in kindergarten. And then second church plant, we began with one in sixth grade and one in third grade. So I've, you know, I've kind of experienced, um, or my kids have experienced their, their church experience has been one of planting. That's kind of all they've known. And um, I think that with that comes a particular set of challenges and difficulties and also joys and and rewards and you very unique opportunities. My my kids are involved in church in ways that most kids will will never understand regarding the church. And I wish some way, somehow established churches could figure out how to employ that in the life of their church with their children that all that being said, talk to us a little bit about being a church planter, being a pastor and having children involved in that church planting experience. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll start out by saying, I think there's no better way to raise kids. Um, mm. We came in to ministry. Uh, I was 38 coming out of seminary um, and kids were, fifth grade, fourth grade, and second grade. Yeah. We'd heard all the horror stories about, you know, PKs and sure. yeah. what is, what is that going to be like for them? Um, but the beauty of church painting is you get to set the culture and, um, and they, they were all in uh, from the beginning. Um, you know, I remember the first year of, uh, of worship in a YMCA every Sunday morning, my sons were setting up chairs with the men in the church. Mm -hmm. and my daughter was um, organizing um, communion yeah, with the ladies right. in the church. Um, there was even, uh, I was talking to my daughter about this this week. Um, she is now a worship music leader. Mm -hmm. 
at the PCA church mm-hmm. and, um, and is doing a great job with that. But she, we were laughing because the first time she ever led wor- worship, she was in the fifth grade. Yeah. Our, our yeah. music leader got sick one Sunday morning. <laughs> and so, uh, Blair got up in front and, and, and led the songs that day. Um, you, you just, they, you're right, Hunter, they, they get a different experience of the church than most others. And they got, they certainly get a different experience of the church than I got. And, and, um, all the hospitality that we do as church planters, um, they, that just feels natural to them. Yeah. Um, and so I think not only can, not only can you raise kids as a church planter, I, I've come to believe there's no better way to raise kids than mm-hmm. that context because you get to share your calling with them. Sure. I, I remember there was this, um, uh, th- there was this men's, um, ministry event. We, we brought our guys out for this camp out and it was in the evening and there was a bunch of us sitting around the fire and, and I had brought my oldest son along and we were sitting in our chairs and, looking out over this hillside and these gobs of men around this campfire. And he had been there when there were, you know, our first year we had 23 members. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He he looked out and then he looked at me and it was this sweet moment that almost brings me to tears. Now he he just said that this is, this is pretty cool. Isn't it? Yeah. Cause he could see a little, growing this this yeah. church and, yeah and I think just bring them along let they are part of the core group and yeah um, and they may not get it all sure my, my youngest son was telling me this week that all those things i would tell him he didn't get but eventually he did and he looks back with such fondness even though maybe in the moment he'd have rather been doing something else <laughs> yeah yeah my son um we have a family that's been visiting and typically we don't ask them to, you know, they don't help with set up and take down and nursery and children's church and all that until they've joined. And, but, but this gentleman asked if he could help with set up and take down. So sure. No problem. Well, my son is, he knows it as well as most of the long-term core group adult men in, in, in our church plant. And this guy, um, you know, it was very sweet of him and kind of him to want to come help, but we have these sandwich boards that we put out, uh, you know, for us, we're also meeting in YMCA that we put out front on Sunday mornings, but we don't do it. Excuse me. Um, right. That we put out on Sunday mornings, uh, but we leave them in the gym on Saturday night. And he went ahead and took him outside. And my son was trying to figure out like how to lecture him and instruct him that <laughs> they don't go outside on Saturdays that they go, we keep them by the gym door and we, they go out on Sunday mornings. And, and I had to have this sweet talk with him about how to talk to adults and, and not be demeaning and be instructive and helpful. And uh, it was a really funny conversation that I just, upon reflection, it was like, Gosh, that just seems like that only help that only ha- happens in, in a church planning context with with kids, you know. But think about the gift that your son had through that of learning how to talk to an adult. Yeah, that that you get. I mean, it's those teaching moments. I think are sure. Uh, they're they're rare and just our calling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to get. I, you know, I really didn't want to get onto him because I looked at it. 
from a distance and it was him helping the church, helping another believer, understanding the significance, importance of setting up a church each week. And that like, this has to be done a certain way. Um, and I just thought, you know, I just looked at my own childhood and church was in some regards, just somewhere you showed up every Sunday because my mom and dad made me go. So you have written a book, a thousand little moments, grace shaped parenting. What was the motivation for that? Does the Holy spirit serve as a, an answer? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, I think I woke up one day and just realized, Lord, you're showing me a lot. Um, and on some level, you've given me a platform because uh, in my pastoral ministry, I'm spending a lot of time with parents. Yeah. Um, and they're asking me a lot of questions about how we're raising our children and and it just became such a frequent um, topic of conversation, and and I and I was realizing that much of what I'm sharing them, I'm I've learned through my mistakes. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is so not a book on hey do it my way. It's uh, it, it's a benefit from the mistakes I've made, and and also what the Lord's just trying to show us through parenting and pastoral ministry. And at some point um, it was just as if the Lord was saying, Hey, you're doing this. Why don't you put it in writing? Yeah. 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 So when, when I got out of seminary, I thought in ministry, lunch and breakfast and coffee would be questions about, you know, substitutionary atonement infralapsarianism, um, you know, I could go on and on. And and what I've experienced over these many years is that most of the time it's how do you apply the Bible to just ordinary life events and life issues? Um, And I don't know that I'm great at it all the time, but yes, parenting is, it's way up there in the, in the, um, in terms of the questions that, that I'm asked. But isn't it helpful even in those areas that we're not great at? Because what do people need? They don't need James's wisdom. They don't need Hunter's wisdom. They need to verbally process their life in light of scripture. And so sure. yeah, we're just kind of helping them do that. Yeah. I mean, my takeaway has been a, they just, you just want somebody to listen to them. And then B, what does the word of God have to say regarding this issue? And then C, I think for me, it's how does God's love for me and his grace and his mercy apply to, to this? Yeah. Um, because I think particularly with parenting, most of the time when I talk to people, they feel beat down and they feel like it's a losing proposition. You know, yeah. um, okay. So James, you've said, you've mentioned, I've, I've mentioned it as well. 
it's not a how-to book. How would you, for someone who's thinking about ordering a copy, how would you describe this work to them? Well, okay. So if you think about those questions that we often get as pastors, often it starts with, how do I? And mm-hmm. what people want when they ask, how do I, is, is, is that they give me, give me three quick steps to solve this uh, problem of uh, getting my kid to go to bed on time or right. what have you, because not, that's not, problem. not lose it over the Xbox exactly. or exactly. speed through a neighborhood. Right. All those kind of things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Cause that's what I was asking. I, like I wanted a formula. I wanted it to be simple, clear. And if I, and, and, and I thought that if you gave me that formula, so I programmed in the inputs, I would get the right output. And that's what our people are asking. Um, and so I try and be quick to tell them that's not what this is. And so like, if I'm talking to one of our pastors, yeah, I'm going to tell them this is a philosophy of parenting. Sure. If I'm talking to somebody who's not a pastor, I'm telling them this is a way for you to think about how you parent. And um, because God has given you a reasonable, rational mind, and though you don't feel like you're equipped to do this, you are. And, uh, you know, most dog trainers are not going to train the dog. They're going to train the owner. Mm-hmm. We're, mm-hmm. we're trying to train parents and yeah. how to think about this calling of um, parenting. And so um, whether you want to think of it as a philosophy of parenting, whether you want to think about it as a way to think about parenting, we're trying to uh, shape, give some foundational theological underpinnings that you may not consider when uh, you're initially thinking about parenting, but you know, what is the fact that God is trying you and have to do with our parenting? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does um, the fact that God has given us his authoritative word have to do with parenting? What is, what, what are these theological uh, truths have to do? Well, well, first of all, they're shaping your heart so that mm-hmm. you've got an identity rooted in Christ to then parent out of. Because we want to, we're going to set some of that uh, that theological that I call it basics of belief, but uh, it's the it's the foundational theological truths, and yeah, and then we want to build on that with a, a with some practical ways to think about parenting, and and I really take them from uh, from from some things I see in the way Jesus discipled the disciples. Um, one of the things I say in here is is um, if if you look in the Bible to find the model family. Guess what? <laughs> right. Found it. Yeah. Um, but I think the church, at least as the church's design, maybe not the way that most people have experienced the church, that's a that's a helpful model for the family. Mm-hmm. And so church leadership ought to be a helpful model for, for parenting. So I take yeah. those those uh principles from how Jesus prepared the disciples to plant the church. And try and draw them out uh, to shape mm-hmm. our parenting. So that is, is centered around four words: engage, yeah. delight, shape, pray. Yeah. yeah. And then we just try and give some examples of how to put it together. But in that philosophy of parenting, that way of thinking about parenting, one of the things I say is, look, this is a, and I, and I'm robbing and duplicating from mm-hmm. RYM and RUF and their philosophy of ministry. Sure. But the thing that many of the listeners may know 
that those organizations say is this is a this is a, a, a fixed philosophy and a flexible methodology. Yeah. And so I'm not trying to prescribe one form of application, but I'm trying to give some examples of how mm-hmm. individual families might apply. So one of the things that I appreciated in the book was um and I had to I had to do a rewind and think, is this something that I've emphasized in the past as I've talked with people about parenting? You mentioned the role of the church in parenting. And you know, it, it it I thought that was really commendable on your part. Very insightful, very thoughtful. Talk about that just a bit. Well, I mean, I think you and I have been talking about it when we talk about the shape yeah, influence yeah. the church has been on our kids. And oftentimes pastors get that maybe even out of necessity. We might not have chosen to uh, raise our kids in that way, but it was just part of our calling. But that's not a blessing that's just for us. That's meant to be a blessing for um, <clears throat> every member of the church. And <clears throat> and I, I talk about the difference between uh, going to church and being the church. And so often most of us take uh, a view of the church that's that's really similar to going to the movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you go right. to the movies, you, you get in your car, you drive to uh, a destination, you buy a ticket, you, you, you get your, your um, refreshments, you go sit on an aisle with people you don't know, you receive a service. At the end of it, if you talk at all at small talk, you get back in your car, you go home, and there's no real connecting influence. Mm-hmm. That's the way a lot of people think about the church, but we're not called to go to church. We're called to be the church. Mm-hmm. Well, to be the church is <clears throat> to let our kids see that there is this network of relationships that are, by God's covenant, promises to be influential in their lives. And <clears throat> doing that in a way so that they don't just hear it from us, but they see it modeled in us. Sure. Um and it just it, it, it helps them see that they're 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 called to a larger family. They have the gift of a larger family, and that larger family is shaping them. And, yeah. I, and and parents just need other voices speaking yeah. the same truth into into their kids' lives. Yeah. And I you know, this is a bumper sticker that I would put on my car or truck all day long, and I think you would too. My experience has been that church plants, that's that's <clears throat> You see that more upfront in church plants, I believe, than you often do in in bigger churches. It, so I would say that bigger churches have to, and I would say to establish church pastors, that that's something that you have to work on a bit harder. It can be done, but you have to work on it a bit harder than, say, church plants do, because to be a part of a church plant, especially in the early phases, um, you are a part of the church. It is ingrained into you as a family. You are it. You are an intricate component, if you will. And so that's one of the things that I love about church planting. Um, it's one of the things that ex- excites me. But um, to my shame, I don't, <clears throat> you know, in giving advice to people over the years, I don't know that I've thought carefully and thoroughly through, you know, the role of the church in the family. Um, I've just assumed that's, hey, that's what you do. 
Well, and and, and look, I, I mean, full disclosure, Hunter. So much of this is is, is not as if I <clears throat> I want to be careful that the listeners hear this and understand. It's not as if I did all my research and was so thoughtful and said, okay, this is how I'm going to raise my kids. Sure. Yeah. It wasn't, this wasn't uh foresight. This was hindsight. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I realized, Oh, this is what the Lord has done in our family. Uh, there's some principles here that I need to share with others because I wouldn't have been smart enough to figure this out. <laughs> But I think some of it, if I go back to the title, A Thousand Little Moments, uh, the reason I use that title, <clears throat> there's a, uh, and I'm going to apply this to the church, um, but it, it, if, if you think about the um, a photo mosaic, photo mosaic is a, is a conglomeration of a thousand little thumbprint images, but they're organized in such a way that they also uh, paint a one cohesive picture. Mm-hmm. A picture with a with a uh, a thousand little thumbprint images. I think our parenting is like that, and and that gives it that does two things for us. It it frees us from the tyranny of any single moment. Mm-hmm. We get anxious thinking that that my teaching my children about the value of the church rests on one teaching moment. Yeah, um, and we can be free of that, uh, and and it allows us to be non anxious uh, in our parenting. But at the same time, each of those images matters. And so we need to be intentional with every little moment. So what does that look like in terms of uh, in our own hearts and and raising our kids to see the value of the church? Well, it it means they're not going to get it when they're in second grade. But but we're going to keep being intentional with those little images. um, And we get the blessing of raising them over an extended period of time and messages that we embody and that we repeat, they begin to value. Um, and so, uh, I was talking with my youngest son, uh, recently, and he was, he was talking about those early days of setting up the the church. And he said, I didn't want to be there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But in time, he grew to love those relationships he had with the older men in the church who unbeknownst to me would take him out to go get a biscuit in between setup and worship while I was getting right. ready for the sermon. Right. And, and it was each of those, the, that, that extended period of time of little images that began to shape both yeah. mine and his view of church. Yeah. Good words. Well, James, thankful that you are now ministering with, Covenant Centenary, thankful for this book. Thankful for you taking the time to to join us. We'll uh, have to have you back again one day for um, a subject that we're gonna we're gonna cross this bridge at some point. But church planting and building, um, buying land, building or renovating a building, it's a question that we're often asked. And I've I know you've been through it really quick. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the whole experience. Uh, thumbs up on the after experience. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. A, the 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 process is a necessary evil. Yeah, that's right. Well, again, hey, listen, thanks for being with us. Really appreciate it. Can I offer one quick thought? No, yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, regarding the book, I, I'll just tell um, 
the the listeners, my website, jamesdixon.org, D-I-C-K-S-O-N, jamesdixon.org, it has, first of all, it's got a link to buy the book, which yeah. you'll buy it, but it's also got a link to download a free uh, workbook that we put together. A, oh, nice. A 12-week curriculum that, you know, church planners are always looking for content uh, sure. for small groups or for Sunday schools, and that's totally free and it's available on that website uh, oh great and all proceeds go to the five point church planning podcast just kidding just kidding hey listen thanks again great visiting with you that's the last word for now you can reach us with comments or questions on twitter or facebook at five points planting or by email at reformplanting at gmail.com see y'all next time Five Points Church Planting is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters.